Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Sometimes our life takes a bad turn. Has your life taken a bad turn? Perhaps maybe temporarily. Sometimes our life takes a bad turn permanently. And we're going through a time of grief, sadness. We're not hopeful about our future. We're doubting our future in some significant way. I even now in this year of pandemic, our isolation has taken its toll on many people. And it takes a toll where we, we lose our sense of hope for the future. And there are situations in people's lives where we've lost something. Something has been taken from us or something is gone that we once had. And there's a sense in which you're not really sure where you stand with God. Maybe your life has taken on habits and taken on sins You're not sure where God stands with you, but you decide to look up in some way you're, you're out of options and you're wanting to look up to God in some way, expressing this feeling that you have and you looking for help. That's what Psalm 77 is. Psalm 77 starts off. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God. And he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. Now, that's a pretty optimistic sense, but I think we want to catch the pessimism. I'm crying aloud to God, aloud to God. In the day of my trouble, in the night, my hand is stretched out. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. I think what this psalmist is saying is, I remember better times with God than what I'm having now, but I know that God hears me. I mean, I know that in some sense, he is God and he is he's, He hears everything. He's never not here. He's God, but I don't sense his presence. I remember better days when I did sense God's presence. Verse 4 He says to God, you hold my eyelids open. Now, that's just a poetic way of saying I can't sleep. I'm laying at night in my bed and I can't seem to sleep. He says, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. So there's a sense in which we go through this point in our lives where our lives have have taken some sort of bad turn for the worse, perhaps temporarily, but perhaps not. But we're in a sense of, of, of feeling separated from what we once had in some way. Maybe you've lost something or someone and your life will never be the same. And you know that you're, you've lost maybe your spiritual mojo. You've lost a loved one. You're asking yourself, is there really anything to look forward to anymore? The psalmist feels that way. Verse seven, will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? 
I think we've all felt that, that God has rejected me in some way. He has stopped blessing me. His face is no longer shining upon me. I'm not even sure where I stand when it comes to his steadfast love and his mercy and his promises and his grace. And I love the honesty of this psalm. And I also love the fact that the Holy Spirit has given us this psalm. And I think that means something. The Holy Spirit wants to meet us in these feelings. The Holy Spirit wants to meet us in these doubts, in our grief, in our sadness, in our despair, our doubt that we will ever see better days, that we have nothing to look forward to. The Holy Spirit has given us this psalm to meet us in these feelings. This is true to life. It's true to our experience. And I think the key is to understand the flow of this psalm because in the second half, starting in verse 10, it starts putting my life back into the bigger and the better story, like all these psalms seem to do. And I think it's really important that we recognize that, that pattern. Verse 10 says, Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. Now, when I hear that phrase, the right hand of the Most High, I immediately think of all these New Testament verses that are using this same language. The authors of the New Testament read this psalm. They read other psalms that have this same language of the right hand of the Most High, and they use that language to talk about Jesus in the New Testament. So I think of that passage in Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. He says in verse 34, who then is the one who condemns? He's talking about us feeling condemned, us feeling like God has stopped being loving in his steadfast love toward us, merciful and gracious toward us. His promises have ceased toward us. We all have that feeling, and Paul is talking about that in Romans chapter 8. And he says, no one, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That means that Jesus is standing there at the right hand of the Most High, and he is speaking of us, praying for us, representing us before the Most High. He is at the right hand of the Most High. I'm thinking of the language in this psalm. I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. And that's what Paul is picking up on and talking about Jesus doing for us. And so he says in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's saying the same thing that this psalmist is saying, in spite of my feelings that somehow I'm not sure where I stand with, with God's steadfast love and mercy, I will appeal to this, to the right hand of the Most High. The psalmist goes on to say, back to Psalm 77, verse 11, I will remember the deeds of Yahweh, the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. 
I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. Remember, holy doesn't mean arms folded, standing off at a distance, judging. Holy in the Bible means God's splendor, his radiance, his glory. He is perfect and he is right and he is better than anything. Your way, O God, is holy. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. Now for us to get there in our grief or in our sadness, feeling like our life has taken a turn for the worst, we're not sure we have a future, anything to look forward to. We're not sure where we stand with God or where God stands with us. We have to put ourselves back into the bigger and the better story and remember the biblical language. I will appeal to this, to God's promise at the right hand of the Most High. Jesus has already died. He has already risen from the dead. He stands at the right hand of the Most High and he represents me before God. I am in Christ and he is in me. And in spite of my feelings, in spite of my circumstances that really can be bad, this life has a lot of difficulties, a lot of grief, a lot of sadness. Yet there is this bigger story that my life is in. And in spite of whatever is happening, Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for me. Jesus is at the right hand of God because he has broken through death for me and he has risen from the dead for me. This is the story my life is in. So he says in verse 15, you with your arm redeemed your people. I am, this is who I am. I am redeemed because of what Christ has done. When we doubt, when we can't sense God's love In our lives, we're not sure what he's doing in our lives, but we don't feel like we're on the right path. We don't feel like we're getting blessed. We don't feel like that God is doing anything. It seems like things are getting worse. We should look back to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus as proof that God is working in our lives. We remember, we ponder, we meditate on God's works God's works on our behalf in Christ. Now, we just have to do this in these moments. We have to remember, we have to ponder, we have to meditate on. I'm thinking of this phrase again used in Ephesians chapter 1 when Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, radiant, beautiful, glorious, made righteous people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, here's that phrase, at his right hand in the heavenly realm, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. We are in this bigger, longer, better story. And so Paul prays that our eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would know the hope to which he has called us because Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's already died on our behalf. He's already risen from the dead. It's already happened. It's already happening that we would know the riches 
of his glorious inheritance he has for us in Christ and his incomparably great power for us who believe in Christ. So we're going to keep believing in Christ. We're not going to let our circumstances keep us from believing in Christ and that Christ is at the right hand of the Most High. He has already done it. This is the story our life is in. So now we look up and we get an answer. We get God's answer. He gave us this psalm to bring us back into this answer. He has already worked in the past. This story is already in play, and this is our future. So let's do that now in prayer. Let's remember, and let's ponder, and let's meditate as we speak to God now in prayer, using this scripture as the Holy Spirit's script for our prayer and our meditation. Oh God, we cry aloud to you. We look up to you and we know that you promise in your word that you hear us. You hear me. I stretch out my hands to you. And if you're alone right now and you don't feel awkward, just right now, stretch out your hand to God. I stretch out my hand to you. I know that you hear me. I don't feel like you hear me. I'm not saying anything about my feelings. I'm just saying I know because Jesus has died on the cross and he has risen from the dead and he stands right now at the right hand of the Most High. That guarantees that you hear me. I appeal to the works of the Most High, the right hand of the Most High. That's my appeal. That's my hope. That's my confidence. So I remember this promise. I ponder on all your works from of old. I meditate on all your works for me in Christ. Jesus came. He became human. God allowed himself to be beaten and abused and crucified to bring me back into a relationship with you, to deal with my sin forever, to be a sacrifice for my sin forever, to become death for me forever, to be a resurrection for me forever. This is the story my life is in. So I appeal to this. I appeal to this, the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of Yahweh, the deeds of the I Am, who is always with me, because Christ is always interceding for me at the right hand of the Most High. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old, the miracles Jesus did to restore sight to those who are blind, to restore walking to those who were crippled all their lives, to restore hearing to those who were deaf, to raise from the tomb those who had died. Those works are pictures of the work you are going to do and are doing in my life. I ponder all your work. I meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. Your way is right. Your way is perfect. Your way is glorious. Your way is joy. Your way is better than any other way because any and every other way is only a dead end. Only your way is life. Only your way is glory. Only your way is light and joy and gladness and beauty. You are the God who works wonders. You are the God who has worked wonders on my behalf. 
I don't feel it, but I know it because your word says it and because Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus said it. So I trust in the words of Jesus in spite of all the darkness that I feel, all the doubts that I feel, all the fears that I feel, all the isolation. I feel like an imposter. I feel like I'm not sure I belong to you. And in spite of those feelings, I appeal to this, the right hand of the Most High, on my behalf. With your arm, you have redeemed me. And I cling to this. I cling to this promise. I cling to the right hand of the Most High as my access to your throne of grace. And so I say with the author of the New Testament book of Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 14, Therefore, since I have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. I want to hold firmly to the faith I have professed. I don't feel it so much right now necessarily, but I have professed it and I know I believe it. And so I hold firmly to it. He goes on to say, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, and boy, do I have weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And so I cling to you, Jesus, the one who did not sin. I cling to your not sinning as my not sinning. Your record is my record. Your righteousness is my righteousness. I cling to you, and I know that you can sympathize and empathize with my weaknesses even with my sin. This is what you say in your word, and so I'm going to believe it. And so verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And now is my time of need. And so I cling to your grace and I cling to your mercy and I cling to your love with confidence in Jesus, not confidence in me. I am weak and I am unstable and I am fickle and I am sometimes faithless and yet I know I have believed and so I cling to that belief now, even a flicker, I cling to it now and I hold firmly to Jesus and I'm not gonna let go of Jesus. His righteousness, my righteousness. His death, my death. His resurrection, my resurrection. And he stands now before the right hand of the Most High, interceding for me. And so I approach your throne of grace with confidence that I can receive mercy and find grace to help me now in my time of need. This is what your word says, and I'm going to believe your word. And so I remember your word, and I ponder your word, and I meditate on your word, and I pray to you now your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily, or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.